What's going on, good people? This is Awo Oshayun. Welcome back to the Who Made Child Priest podcast, where we talk about our spiritual journeys, our everyday life experiences, and the issues of the time from the perspective of two people who just happen to be priests. Fafore, what's going on, man? Hey, man. Same old, same old. Man. See, you starting to sound like me now, man. You still, yeah, I see man. you. I see you repping that uh, Who Made Y'all uh, Priest podcast T-shirt, man. Absolutely. Hold on. Let me uh, move it down a little bit so y'all can see. Boom! Get y'all who made y'all priest merch. You know what I'm saying? Link is in the bio in our on our Instagram page. Check us out. Check us out. We got all the colors. We got like the the, the 64 like crayon box. Colors. You know right, right. We got. And then they added. Then they added some and wham whams in there too, man. They got some other colors in there too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We got salmon. Yeah, magenta. All that. <laughs> yeah, we got some with a little tie-dye action, probably little some sparkles. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. Good. And you ain't just gotta get t-shirts. You ain't just gotta get t-shirts, man. They got iPhone covers. They got they got iPad cases. They got we got it all. They got man. stickers. Don't you got some stickers? Yeah, I got stickers, man. Let me let me see if I can show the people right quick, man. They got one of the stickers right there, man. Boom. No stickers. Yeah, hoodies. Man. Hoodie? It's about to get away. Well, it's about to get cold soon. But, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, man. You know, the fall will be here before you know it. So get you a hoodie. Really? You know yeah. what I'm saying? With the big logo in the back, man. Get fresh. Yeah, man. Lock in with us. Lock in with us on the ground floor because, you know, once we get to really feeling ourselves, then we don't, don't want to hear too many people saying, "Man, I was with y'all from the beginning." So get in, get in on the ground floor right now, man. Right when we start get coming out with them Louis Vuitton, who made y'all priest, you know, uh, <laughs> apparel, when we start charging Louis Vuitton prices. Right, all right. Don't nobody say nothing. Right. <laughs> Talking about we the homeboy price. <laughs> right, right. We might have a discount though for people who got the original. You know what right. I'm saying? We might get y'all a little coupon code. <laughs> so, yeah, get in right now, man. Yeah, um, check it out. But speaking of, of that, this kind of you know made me think about some some money. So I've been having this conversation, man, with an aberration about spirituality and money. And it seems to be this concept that like money's not really important, you know, uh, or shouldn't be kind of a thing that we even like focus on or think about when we, you know, trying to be more spiritual. What you think about that? Um. I always try to go back to the ODB5 when we talk about uh, concepts that we may disagree about. In the, in the Holy Odu Oshe Meji, it talks about money in the form of Ajay. There's a, there's a story where uh, Ajay is told to make sacrifice so that she could become stable. And she failed to make sacrifice and therefore Ajay is always on the move. For me, 
this tells us that for us to attain money, we must chase money, that we must go after money, that we must go wherever money is. Now, this is not the love of money or the lust of money, but I think we bring our Christian upbringing, our Christian background and cities ATRs, and we see money as kind of evil, especially those that seek after money, especially those that may charge you money for spiritual services. Uh, so yeah, that's a difficult concept to, uh, to talk about and to broach to people. Uh, you and I have had this conversation before about the thing with spirituality and money and you know charging people money for say readings and rituals and things like that when we're trying to get people to better themselves so it's something i still struggle with uh, a little bit but uh what you think about that man you still you still struggle with that a little bit well i struggle with that a little bit uh but in the conversation first of all uh struggle is not in my own so <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, yeah. So I'm like, so with, it's interesting you talk about chasing money, right? There's older to talk about that we shouldn't chase money, but we should put ourselves in a position to attract money to us, mm -hmm. right? So, but there's a reason why every Sunday night to to Monday evening you have. E5 people all over the world making offerings to Ajay for not just abundance, but for fi financial abundance, for monetary abundance, for monetary gain. Right. As uh, Iadami talks about cool money, you know, I need mm -hmm. some of that, that cool money, that, that kind right. of money that stays around. Right. So to me, spirituality, when you are in alignment with your destiny and purpose, is synonymous with abundance in every phase of life, including financial abundance. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Abundance in, like you say, in every aspect of your life that we are not meant to suffer. Uh, and I think it right. talks to us about that also in the 16 uh, laws of Ifa. It talks about that we were born to be happy and abundant. Um, right. So yeah, and that's in every aspect of our lives. Uh, we were not meant to be poor. Uh, of course, uh, karma comes into play in many instances when, you know, people are either born poor or suffer um, being poor their whole lives. Uh, again, for those of us who do not carry that type of karma, uh, there's an alignment that we must find to be able to attract abundance to us but i don't think that we should look at money as uh, as something evil as something um mundane because we all need it so absolutely. Let's, not, let's not let's not act like we don't we don't need money absolutely absolutely um yeah i need money to flow to me but i think what we missing though is we are missing an e5 uh creflo dollar <laughs> I think that's what we missing. I think we had an E5 Creflo dollar. And I I reluctantly went to E5 and said, if somebody has to make the sacrifice right. to, to be that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, for the good of the people, right? I would take upon myself to play that role. You'll take that on, huh? Gladly. Yeah, I'll take that on. Yeah. yeah so yeah, just yeah. let me know what I need to do so I can get that money. Um, right. 
hopefully I can come. My, my godchildren will, will, you know, get me an airplane. But you know, but you know the 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 old Dewey Five talks about the Babalawos never being wealthy. Specifically, it says that about the Babalawos. I want to say it's in Ofun Meji. In Ofun Meji, it talks about. Uh, don't quote me on Ofun Meji because somebody gonna come for me and say, uh, <laughs> "Right, hey, that wasn't in Ofun Meji." That was in uh, Ofun Meji. <laughs> yeah, it's in. Uh, I, I I promise you, it's in one of the. Uh, 256 old dudes where it talks about <laughs> <laughs> where it talks about the Babalawos never being wealthy. About them never being wealthy. So and and I don't know what that means. What does what does what is wealth? What separates wealth a wealthy person from a rich person? What separates way, a rich person from a poor person? The way I was taught what separates wealthy from rich, it was wealth is multiple generations of being rich. So no matter how much money I make, I will never be wealthy. But if, say, my grandchildren either sustain that wealth or even expand that wealth, they will be wealthy because it's generational money. Mm. Rich is just, you know, having a lot of money in this lifetime, but it's not money that's been passed down. So that's my understanding. So if that's if that's Spears' understanding, I'm okay with that. <laughs> you know what I'm, right. I'm okay with that. Let me just get rich. Right. You know, so my other, you know, my descendants can be wealthy. But then, but, uh, but then, but then the Odui it seems to go further and says that the Babalawo shouldn't seek to be rich. See, I'm uh -huh. a stickler for words, so right. shouldn't. Shouldn't and you are forbidden to. <laughs> oh man, I feel you. I feel you. I feel you though. I feel you. But the uh, but the Odui Five seems to be uh, playing on the fact that we are meant to be abundant. That we are the chosen ones of Odumare to bring good into the world. Uh, that includes prosperity and abundance and every aspect of our lives so yeah i think we should do everything that we need to do most importantly finding that uh that that alignment and that frequency that attracts those things to you all of the things that you desire you can uh tweak your frequency to attract those things to you so i think we should all be searching for uh abundance and prosperity whatever that looks like for us as individuals absolutely so like our luau always says you know, if you practice Ifa, people should never see you sweat. That includes, to me, money. So we should be financially abundant. So in 2023, 2024, let's all get that money. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, uh, you ready to jump into this episode? Man, I'm excited about this one, man. I'm, I'm excited about this one, man. Yeah, I'm ready to jump into it. Absolutely. Y'all got to stay to the end, too, because y'all going to have a treat, you know, at the end of the podcast episode this week. Yeah, so y'all um, stick around. That was absolutely. a, that was a, uh, what you call it? And uh, what they, they got a specific name for it in uh, in radio. That was a, uh, a teaser? Is that maybe what it is? I guess. We'll go with that. Yeah, I think we'll I'll go with teaser. I think I was looking for a more sophisticated word, but yeah. 
Oh yeah, you know I don't really got too many of them. Oh, <laughs> before we go over to the guest, hit that like button mm. or wherever it is. Uh, please subscribe, share this. You know your grandmama gonna want to see this. Your uncle, your auntie, you know your cousin is locked up. You know, uh, send this to them. But uh, but let's get into this episode. Let's do it, brother Rakim. What's going on, man? Alafia. We happy to be here, happy to be here with you, man. We appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to come chill with us for a few minutes, man. I appreciate y'all having me. It's an honor. Yeah, oh, man. man, we love it, man. You're going to bring a little bit of the culture to us. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for man. Sure. So introduce yourself to the family, man. Tell us who you are, what you do for all the people out there that don't know you, man. Give us... Give us your name, your everything you want to give us about yourself, man. Talk to the people. I'm Rocket Miles Bar. I'm the son of the late great Big Al from the legendary group Nemesis from Dallas, Texas. May he rest in peace. I'm an MC. I'm an apparition. I did Bajo Faimi. You know, MC spiritualist. Uh, well, how would I say? Prototypical black man in 2023. You know what I'm as is customary on the Who Made Y'all Priest podcast, you know, we talk about our spiritual journeys and what got us to where we are right now. So talk to us a little bit about your spiritual journey. What other type of spiritual systems did you go through before you got to be and Talk to us about anything spiritual that led you up into uh, getting your hand of Ephi. Well, I was raised Christian, but my father was a Muslim for the beginning part of my life. So I had interest in the both just because, you know, my, my mother practiced in one thing, my father practiced in another. I was in the gifted and talented uh, programs in elementary school and stuff. And like around the fourth or fifth grade, I used the Quran for one of my projects. You know what I'm saying? And from reading the Quran to the little bit of backstory, that I never really liked church. So... But for my granny to make me go to church, I used to tell her, okay, I'm going to go to church, but I'm not going to the kid side of the church. I'm going to sit right next to you. I'm going to hold the Bible. I'm going to highlight and mark whatever scriptures that the pastor talking about, and then we're going to discuss this later on after church. Mm -hmm. So I had a pretty good understanding of the scripture of the Bible by the time I got to the Quran. When I did a little bit of reading on the Quran for my project, I saw the similarities, mm. right? And then, so as a child, it, it honestly made me disregard both. I felt like it was a game that people was playing. I also had the experience when I was, man, probably like eight or nine years old, right? My mother went to the funeral for her father's mother, right? Mm. I never met these people a day in my life. When my mama came home from California from the funeral, that lady, I used to sleep in the in the bed with my granny. That lady walked in my granny bedroom that night. Mm. Walked in there and looked at me and spooked me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. And so a lot of my childhood was spent seeing dead people or spirits, they be tripping. I be telling you, it was two ninjas that lived in my granny kitchen. They used to be in there sparring and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Wow. 
So I used to see all these things as a child, and I started studying knowledge itself around 16. Uh, I graduated high school in 2007. So by the time I'm a senior in high school, a lot of my friends that have known me my entire life, because of the way I was talking, they started telling people I was an atheist or a Satanist or whatever, you know, but I was really just seeking the knowledge and the information. Mm. I go to college, I pick the Bible back up. I read it from beginning to end, but every night I said the same prayer. All I prayed for was to be able to see the truth. I prayed for proper discernment, you know what I'm saying, and to be led down the path of knowledge itself. Mm. That led me eventually to Ephah, but when I found Ephah, I never met a Bible I woman in real life, right? So one day I go to a studio session and I'm going to meet a producer. I get there, it's a light-skinned soul singer there. He's supposed to be there meeting someone else. Neither one of the people that we came to meet showed up. So we just start having a random conversation and we stumble on E5 and the mm -hmm. fact that he's an I woke. You get what I'm saying? And that would be Ali Leke. Right. That's who introduced me to all our DSI and I've been on my E5 journey since then. Man, you know, I'd be jealous, man. I know <laughs> Jimmy, Fafore is shaking his head, too. I'm like, man, how come everybody else had these experiences? Like, man, I saw people that had transitioned. I had this type of experience, that type of experience. Man, <laughs> I've never had you know, people, Ain't you both of y'all shock of times or no? No, no not just me. Yeah, just me. Yeah. You know, because most shock people I meet is like that. Yeah, he's yeah, not that uh that blessed. <laughs> yeah, a, child, a son of Shango. <laughs> who, who, who you a son of? I'm a son of Oya and Obatala. I was gonna say Obatala, that make a lot of sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oyai, I'm always jealous. I'm yeah, always jealous. He real, he real grown at me. People think he older. People always be like, yeah, the older one. And I'll be like, me, they be like, no. He's not older than you. No, uh -huh. I'm older than him. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, I'm just childish. He's he, he just mature. That's what that is. Yeah, uh -huh. you have a child like fun, man. Huh? Yeah, yeah, that's what that is. But that's now, see, see, God know know my heart, know what I need. You know, I ain't really need that to see dead people thing. <laughs> I might not respond that well to that. You know, I like to tell people that um, I know in this new era, this new wave of original tradition growing. New Age spirituality, that's something that a lot of people like to boast about, right? It's not something I'm comfortable with. That's not, that's not cool. Like, that's not, I'm not somebody that's super comfortable with that. I don't invite it. You know what I'm saying? It's a very uncomfortable experience for me. I'm still not 100% cool with that. Mm. And I haven't seen, my father died when I was 12 years old in 2021. You know, I thought I was ready earlier this year to like, you know, encounter him. And when I seen him, I was petrified. <laughs> it wasn't no cool experience to me. It's, it's never, it's never something I'm ready for. What did he look like though when you saw him? Silhouette. I seen the silhouette of how he had a suit on and he had his own um, fedora on. And he stepped forward, and it was really the crowd of my ancestors behind him, because I had been praying to all of them that I was really ready to embrace this fear. That's what I said. I'm, I'm ready to overcome this fear. Mm -hmm. 
And I woke up in the morning at sunrise, right? But then my whole entire room darkened. And then his dark figure stepped out of my closet. They stepped behind him, but they were still behind him. And he said, he said he ready to see us, y'all. And I sat straight up in my bed and said, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like y'all, how many of y'all is up in my closet? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm, saying? I, I'm not cool with you. I would never lie about that. It's yeah, like, I'm cool. that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. I'm always jealous about that, though, about the experiences that people have, uh, people being able to channel. Uh, people just I've, I've just always been at least since I've come into what I would consider consciousness uh, which hasn't been that long uh, but yeah yeah man I'm always I'm always jealous about that don't man. don't be don't even say that because I, <laughs> I would want them to put that on you when I started working with my ancestor altar I said oh I see how people who do have that gift or whatever lose their mind mm. because mm. you're really hearing voices in your head. If you don't learn how, if you don't learn your voice first and foremost, you got to know your voice, mm. right? Then that's going to allow you to decipher between the other voices. You got to know who's talking. Mm. You got to know their character traits. You know, that same woman that came to me when I was a child, when I finally met her son, who was my grandfather, I had a conversation with him and I explained his mother to him and all of her traits and what she liked. I know she likes straight black coffee with no sugar. I know that she smokes cigarettes. I know all these things. I had this man believe when I met his mama and he not even thinking. I never met this woman in the flesh. She died when I was a kid. Right. But I know her voice. You get what I'm saying? So I know when I'm communicating with her, I can differentiate her voice from mine and the rest of the people that's on my altar. Mm. Wow. But your voice sounds obviously like you. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's yeah. what I would hear when I'd be praying. And that's kind of what my, led me out of Christian. Yeah, I would hear my voice. Mm -hmm. Like when I'd be praying, I'd be asking questions and I'd get an answer. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, man, that's just me. <laughs> I was like, all week, all time. Yeah, you know. yeah, I'm like, that's just me. Let me quit giving these people uh ten percent of my check. Right. Uh -huh. you know yeah, advice for myself. So so speaking about your father though, so like you talked about your father um being a staple in uh the Dallas rap scene. Is, is that how you got into rap through your father? Did he like bring you into it or did you just do it, you know, by just watching it and you did it yourself? How did that happen? I'm a rare instance of, uh, we all practitioners, so little things like this, you know what I mean a lot. My parents was in love. I was created intentionally. I wasn't no accident. I'm saying. I was named after a rapper to be a rapper. My father's whole purpose, even from talking to other people that was around him at that time, he was making moves to make himself an executive to be able to pull me up. He had a precise plan for me. Mm -hmm. you know what I'm he died when I was 12, and he taught me things about hip-hop and rhyming 
that nobody else has ever mentioned to me. You know what I'm saying? Things that I use to teach people to this day. But I had that game when I was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So, right. yeah, I just, I'm just, I'm not somebody that was born like not knowing a purpose. I'm just carrying on tradition. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. So, how old were you when you first started rapping? And then, when did you know, like, yo, I'm, I'm nice? My father died December 23rd, 2023. The last time I talked to him was December 21st, two days before that. The last thing he said to me was, I know you love football, but if you can rhyme, I need you to rhyme. Right? So I get the call Christmas Eve morning that he died after the show. You feel me? Um, So that's seventh grade. Going into the second semester in English class is when they start placing the emphasis on poetry, right? Mm-hmm. So my, my English teacher from reading my poetry was telling me two things. One, that's how I was dealing with the trauma and grieving a lot was through that, the, the poems I was writing in class. Mm-hmm. And she encouraged me to continue to write and to create music because she felt like I had a natural talent for it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what started at 12. By the time I was 16, it would be hard for me, it would be hard for you to get me to rap for you for free because I felt like I was that nice. Wow. <laughs> oh, okay. It would have to be like an ego thing. Oh, the only other time is like if somebody from New York moved down here, all they had to do was go somewhere in the school and say they was the best rapper in the school and somebody was going to contact me and we was going to have to battle because I wasn't going for none of that. Right. 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 Because yeah. this time... We talking about New York hip hop and West Coast really like being that thing. And I don't think the South, the South still really wasn't getting it's just due at the time. Nah, nah. Especially for being like lyrical. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They wouldn't give you no respect. So I was, and I, to this day, I enjoy snatching that respect from people from New York, East Coast area specifically. Right, right, right. So, so you said at 16, yeah, you was like, hey, I need to get paid for this. <laughs> but when did it really, like, become a career? Like, when were you like, yo, this is, this is really, this is my job. You know what I'm saying? This is my career. This is how I'm going to eat. Um... I, probably, I, I decided that I was going to pursue that seriously seven years ago. Mm. Um, probably around two years ago, I had met and either conversed or worked with enough MCs that the masses considered to be like gods here and got the respect from them to where I was no longer pursuing that I no longer feel like I have to prove my skill. Now it's about looking at the music industry as a business and making the moves to where I can pay my bills and take care of my family solely off of music. That's where I am with it today. Mm-hmm. That's dope, that's mm-hmm. dope. And now today uh, we're celebrating 50 years yeah. of hip hop. Um, how do you, how does that make you feel? Like like. Have you sat and pondered, like, yo, this will be really 50 years of hip-hop? 
I definitely pondered on it. I actually had to take initiative because I realized that no one in my city was throwing any celebration or anything. You know what I'm saying? So I made a few calls and put something together that I'm ex- ex- about to announce at the end of the week. But, uh, man, it's, it's monumental because I'm pretty sure y'all know because y'all was uh, younger back then. They thought this was a fact. <laughs> Right. Hey, you think we 50? <laughs> right. I mean, y'all know I think you like 40, 45, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm in there. Yeah, I'm 41. Okay, so look, you 41, you was what nine when hip hop was invented. Mm. By the time hip hop is taken off, you a teenager, you in high school. Right? And then they saying that this is gonna be a fad though. That's why they just treated it like that in the beginning. They didn't think it was gonna make no money, right? And so, in its in its in its essence, hip hop is the voice of the voiceless. That came out of the end of a gang war in New York. It was some unity that came together, and it was a lot of positivity coming out of hip hop in the beginning. They only allowed that because they thought it was a fad. The minute that they realized that it was going to stay around. They commercialized it and took over it, and now we have to deal with the type of music that we deal with today as a result of the commercialization of hip hop. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I think that it's important with us entering this 50th year to get back to those those core principles that this music was created for and came out of. And also not forget that hip hop is more than rap music. You know what I'm saying? You can't forget the DJ, you can't forget the graffiti artists because they came first. You know what I'm saying? The MC actually came last. And knowledge itself is a, is another element of hip hop that is being left out that needs to be touched on. Mm, exactly. Yeah. Now you know, I know we uh we got you on here to talk about uh hip hop and your career in hip hop. I kinda wanna go go back to something that you said earlier and uh kind of get you to expound on that. Uh you said that your parents were in love and that you were created intentionally. How mm-hmm. how how important do you think that was in you growing up as a young child already understanding your uh, your purpose on this planet? Man, man, I, I my mother can vouch for it, right? Because even outside of my purpose and thing, right, I think my my temperament my natural awareness you know what i'm saying i think i think that those two people being in love and intentionally creating a child i think you make something that's truly different Mm -hmm. i'm not no my mother would tell you that we grew up together me and her Mm -hmm. right she's aware of when i came here my level of consciousness was equal to hers as a baby you know what I'm saying? I'm somebody who was doing their times tables at four years old. I started I started kindergarten in Denver. When they moved me to Texas, they tested my IQ score. My IQ was higher than everybody's, including the person that was supposed to be teaching me, right? Mm-hmm. But this is all, to me, what was like common sense. I came here with a certain level of empathy, compassion, and coolness, stillness, and focus that I haven't even seen in my other siblings because it wasn't the same scenario. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And my purpose, I've always been in tune with it. I got beat at home the day they taught me how to rhyme at school as a 
like seven-year-old mm-hmm. because I wouldn't talk without rhyming. Every single thing I said that day, they taught me how to rhyme in school was a rhyme. I'm out of here. Right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, it was. It made everything so natural and on point. Even the spirituality. When I think back to things, you know, after I got initiated, I got led to leave something for Baba Luaye at a tree. Yeah, I used to go to all the time when I was a kid, five years old. That same tree. Mm. That's been my tree. I had no reference point to connect it to Baba Blue I had, but I knew that was my tree when I was a kid. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah, yeah, man. That's a different level, a different level of consciousness. And I've never really thought about that from that perspective of uh being intentional on how and what we create and what uh state of consciousness we are in ourselves when we are doing the creating you know mm-hmm. and i was i've been trying to study hoodoo a little bit lately and the things about intention when you're mm-hmm. doing these spells when you are building things with your own hands how you have to have this certain level of consciousness mm-hmm. to really make the thing that you want to make it so I thought that was I thought it was important that we uh that we visit that that you just said that and we passed by. I thought it was important that we uh that we visit that. That's gonna be something important that we're gonna go I back. Give you something else too. What you said is something I had to learn to implement in my music, right? Because I had to just tell one of my friends the other day that it's different if you're making music for the people that's in the church, or if you're trying to lure people to the church. Hmm. I'm trying to lure people to the church, right? Right. So as a magician, for lack of a, a better word, right, I had to learn how to place my true intent behind the inside of different words and put the medicine in the dog food and the music in order to lure people a certain way. Right. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. I don't think people really appreciate the importance of intention. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, even when you're doing, you know, plant medicine, like I've had experiences when I set intention and then I had an experience when I didn't set intention. Both are powerful experiences, but when you, you set intentions, uh, it's expounded upon by, you know, tenfold, hundredfold. Mm-hmm. So in, intentions are important. Another thing that she pointed out was about, you know, you were created intentionally. Well, when we talk about the chakras, especially the root chakra, you know that sh- that root chakra is thrown off balance um, or strengthened right around like that that third trimester up through like the first year or two of your life. Mm. So, depending upon how your mother feels about your conception, the relationship and the love or the care or the lack thereof or abandonment that she feels in regards to the father is going to play a role of your root chakra. Hmm. So I can see how intentions and being created intentionally and that care, that love, that respect, et cetera, can help form you the way it did. So yeah, man, that's, that's, that's really deep. No, I didn't even know that. And they, they was best friends and uh they wasn't together. 
they was best friends all the way up until he died, even though he had a wife. Like, mm-hmm. and I never felt no way about him. She never tried to make me feel no way about him. I also yeah. grew up in an environment where I didn't know that your father was supposed to live in the house with you. Mm-hmm. And my, my apartments, I didn't see that. I seen people who father lived in the same apartment complex, but had his own apartment. Right. Wow. So I never even had a vantage point to ask why he didn't live with us or nothing like that. And she never mm-hmm. talked bad about him. You know what I'm saying? Right. It was all she always showed him. Everybody in my family, my grandmother, that was always the favorite, you know what I'm saying? Man that my mama dealt with from my granny perspective, it was always the utmost respect and love. Right. Mm-hmm. Another important, highly important thing. Yeah, man. I'm definitely gonna go back and uh listen to this, man. I hardly ever I hardly ever do that, but intentions, intentions are important. I, I think we know they're important, but it's certain circumstances that make you understand how important intentions really are, especially when creating a child and how that child comes into this uh, into this physical realm with a higher level of consciousness and, and focus and stillness, like you say, because you already have that root chakra fully formed and it's and it's strong. So you are already ready to ascend those uh, those other chakras when you get here. Yeah, that's right. Right. That's a, that's a that's a beautiful thing. Now I don't want to get too far off the topic. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we could talk we could talk about this for hours. Oh yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I hear a lot of things about what's hip hop, what's not hip hop. You know, usually those type of things come off the East Coast. That that's not real hip hop. This is not real hip hop. How do how do you personally feel about the uh, hip hop today? What is what is what do you feel about the status of hip hop today? <clears throat> well, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm gonna leave with we already addressed, but I'm gonna say it again. I always remember I am a hip hop baby. Right? Where right. I'm from, my father is like cool hurt grandmaster flash. They're the first ones to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even before DOC, who was probably the most popular rapper out of town. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm a hip-hop baby. So what I'm going to say is, first, you got to separate hip-hop, the spirit, right, from rap music. First, you got to separate hip-hop, the spirit, right, from rap music. Mm-hmm. Rap music is not always hip-hop. Because for one, hip-hop is not just rap. Right. Feeding, DJ, B-Boy, MC, knowledge of self, and totality, the culture, the fashion, all of that, that's hip-hop. Hip-hop is a culture. Mm-hmm. Right. Rap music is something that's completely different. And on a commercial level right now, I'm utterly disgusted. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's, uh, it's lost the art. The artistic value is diminished. Nobody's pushing the envelope. Nobody's fighting to be original. In the 90s, people wouldn't even look at their self the same way if they accidentally bit somebody else's style. Right. Now, the thing to do is to bite whatever is hot. Right. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's making anything new. And even, I just told somebody yesterday, I think nobody's realizing the production is even failing. 
the production is so bad that MCs don't even rap on other MCs' beats anymore. Because mm. they're not good. It's not it's, it's, When the last time you heard a beat to where you was like, man, that beat is crazy. Just the beat, not the song. Mm. You're right. That is back, you know what I'm saying, when I was younger. A, a hot song would come out with a hot beat and everybody would rap on that. Because yeah. mm-hmm. that, that's an MC thing. When that, a certain beat, it'll pull you. It'll take maybe 15 seconds for you to hear that beat. Right. It'll make you want to rap. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't, get, I don't get that feeling anymore. Right, right. You know, it's funny. It's funny you talk about, it's not funny, it's 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 amazing that you mentioned all of those things that encompass hip hop. And one of the things you talked about is knowledge of self. The the knowledge of self, that seems to be completely missing uh, from what we would call hip hop or rap music. It's, it's, it's completely missing now. Uh, is that is that something that you seek to, uh, to bring back to the game? Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. I would like to think I'm doing a pretty good job. If you listen to the album that I put out on March 20th, the first song is Libations. I'm not even rapping on there. Mm-hmm. That is a prayer, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned um, our, our, our Luo. I mentioned the Pega. Mm-hmm. I gave praise to the Orishas. Mm-hmm. I gave praise. I, I didn't let Kay. I gave praise mm-hmm. to Prince and the rest of the musicians who have transitioned that I lean on for my creation. Mm. Right? That's how I started my album. Now, all you have to do, what is being claimed as the best hip-hop album of the year so far is Killer Mike's album. Hey, y'all heard it? Oh, absolutely. Mm. Holy is my cut. I was just going to say, what's the last song? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, Yeah, he go off on that. That's That's a beautiful album. So if you get in the high and holy, he basically ended his album the same way I started mine. Right. Right? You know what I'm saying? So that's a... And with him being at the forefront of the MCs with knowledge today, I would say, you know what I'm saying? He's the one mingling with the politicians and talking about black banking and all of that. When when he starts leaning more into knowledge itself, that's going to trickle down into the rest of the climate. Right. Right, right. Because right. yeah. the word is he got his hand to be fired. He did? Yeah, that's the word. When you do that? Man, I saw a post of his on Instagram. I think somebody actually sent it to me. And I think he had on the Lekkes and whatnot. But I remember the gist of the post reading. I was like, oh, yeah, it sounds like he got his hand to be fired. <laughs> I, as a as a as a uh, proud Shango song, I'm gonna take credit for that. <laughs> I say, I say, I say. Now here's the crazy part is I love I love this album, right? Um, you know, I popped it open. You know, I, I you know had it wanging in the whip the first <laughs> day it came out. But I'm not in the conscious rap. If I'm being perfectly honest, you want to go out. <laughs> why, you, you know why? Oh yeah, I know why. Why? I want to hear it. It ain't uh so <laughs> one thing that, that me and O'Shea would talk about, like the name of the podcast, Who Made Y'all Priest. You know, our little always talks about everything has, you know, a dual meaning. 
So there's the obvious, the who made y'all priest, you know, Obafemi Fayemi. Yeah. But it's more, it's even like a question, like who made y'all priest? Because I don't look at myself as a typical person that's in the community um, for a lot of different, you know, ways. Like, you know, I'll go to Ben Bay's and stuff like that, but I'm not like dying to go. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not dying to be a part of certain festivals and things of that nature. Like, other people who are a part of the community might be like, you know, like people who really in the church, like they'll go to church two, three times a week. I don't need all that. You know what I'm saying? Um, but when I look at listening to conscious music, it's not cool to me. Like, there's nothing fly about it, nothing fresh about it. I grew up in a certain type of neighborhood around a certain type of element. You know, I'm be honest, I'm even being a priest, you know, I like a little dope to be sold in my music. You know what I'm saying? I like I like somebody to get shot up a little bit in my music. You know what I'm saying? Cause I read, like I read and I study a lot. I'm a light path set and I spend a lot of time doing that. So I don't go to my music for the things that I go to books for. Like when I go to music, I want to be entertained. And I'm mostly an R&B person. Other than when like, I'm in the gym, if I'm in the car just riding, I'm gonna be listening to R&B, you know, 90% of the time. You know what I'm saying? But the other percent of the time, I wanna hear some some foolishness. <laughs> I'm talking about all the foolishness. So yeah, I'm not really into it. But when you have people like, you know what I'm saying, Killer Mike album, when you have, you know, Jay-Z, you know, saying do something. I was a big fan of the um, keep your head ups, right? I like the Tupac, um, what I call the Tupac formula. Give me now this is Back in the day, I know they probably don't do albums these same numbers now, but give me 14 Hail Marys, a Brenda's Got a Baby, and a Keep Your Head Up, and I'm like, I'm cool, right? <laughs> I'm cool. That's a good ratio. You know what I'm saying? You done did all the foolishness throughout the rest of the album, and now you done dropped me a little knowledge. I'm cool. You know what I'm saying? You can put the medicine in with the applesauce, but I don't need what I call a whole Eyes on the Prize album. Like, I, I watched the documentary. You know what I'm saying? I read the books. You know, I you know I watch different things on on TV related to that YouTube video, all that. Stuff. In my music, I just want to go somewhere else. I want to sell dope in my music. <laughs> <laughs> so why you think? Why you think that is? Why you think? Why you think? Uh, most uh, a lot of people don't gravitate toward what he calls conscious music. Because ninety percent of the people making conscious music music aren't truly conscious. Mm -hmm. so on, on a subconscious level, that's what you're picking up on, right? Mm -hmm. The more conscious you are, the easier it is to put the medicine in the dog food. That's what you learn how to do. That's kind of what I was touching on earlier. You know what I'm saying? I can tell when somebody, because conscious, for one, we conscious, y'all priests, we all still human, though. Right, absolutely. We, we all still experience various emotions every single day absolutely you know what i'm saying so if you step to that microphone and you be honest about every emotion that you experience today 
I'm not just going to get conscious music from you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, if you're being honest with your art. Right. You get what I'm saying? To make completely conscious music, you have to force that. And so it's going to be unnatural and it's not going to jam because who, who does that? Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So I feel like we pick up on the dishonesty that's in that type of music. And, you know, in today's time, a lot of people want to pander to the conscious crowd. Right. Because there's some people who believe that they're not conscious if they listen to drug dealing music. Right. The people who have yet to remove the Abrahamic thinking pattern from their brain, even though they're practicing something that's supposedly an African tradition or other spiritual system, mm-hmm. they still behaving like a Christian or a Jew or a Muslim. Mm-hmm. So they're going to carry it the same way. They put down the gospel music. Now they only listen to conscious music. I don't want to hear no future, no kingdom no more, no scissor. You know what I'm saying? That's still secular music. Right. Now we only listen to the, the high vibrations. You're right. Right. That's what carry. I, I don't agree with that at all. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, you know, if, if you ride with me and my stuff on shuffle, you're going to hear Prince. You gonna hear uh, Meek Mill, Jay Z, Drake, a whole lot of Brian McKnight. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Blackstreet. You gonna hear Yolanda Adams. You well, gonna let hear me, ask me you, like, can you can you find conscious concepts, thoughts, and ideas within Prince's music? Yeah, to me, consciousness is just an awareness. There we go. Anyway. Right. Right. So it's just an awareness. So I'm going to tell you one of the most conscious songs ever. And people are going to be like, you tripping. <laughs> I know you know As We Lay. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I know what we doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? I know me and you having sex is wrong. But I had to have it. Right. And it's gonna be the last time. After this, tomorrow we gonna we gonna go back like it never happened. But today, though, <laughs> today we going in. Right. I said that's real life. That's consciousness for you. Right. Right. Like I'm not confused about. I'm not making no no excuses about. And justifying it and making it look cute, I know what it is. But tomorrow is it. We ain't gonna we gonna go our separate ways. But today though, man, we gonna right. burn a sheet. We gonna burn a hole in this sheet. Yeah. <laughs> it's going down. It's going down. Yeah. So yeah, that's where I'm at with it, man. Like you know, I can you know pray for somebody. You know, put the conversation on hold, cut somebody out, and do a reading. And mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? To me, that's a full good full day. Good full day, huh? <laughs> <laughs> a good full day. So yeah. I'm glad that you really made the differentiation between hip hop and, and rap. So we're gonna stick with rap. Mm-hmm. And the the thing that I've seen with rap, especially I'm gonna say Man, I only want to say over the last 10 years, but I swear, like, this goes back to even 
when I was in college, you mm. know, when, you know, Jay-Z started to do his thing or, you know, 50 came around and started doing his thing. So it seems like probably for the last maybe even 20 years, you've seen the popularity grow. And as a result of the popularity growing, you saw the influence and the level of influence growing. So mm. you got like uh, hip hop is pretty much, or excuse me, rap is like literally dominating what we call Western culture. I mean, when you look at its influence on fashion, when you look at its influence on media, when you look at its influence on um, language and things of that nature, it's huge. But what we also understand being, you know, practitioners of African spirituality, the importance of music being that vibration, right? We understand the importance of vibration and how vibration can influence things. Do you feel as a rapper that rappers in general should feel like that they have a, a responsibility um, in their music and how it's delivered? And do you feel you personally have a responsibility to um, fans of yours? Yes, I do. I have a clip that I posted before when I was speaking about how I feel like any artist that says otherwise is a coward. It's mm -hmm. a cowardly excuse at the end of the day, right? I know when I put this music out, this has a chance of falling on the ears of what I would consider to be babies, anybody 18 years and under, anybody with an impressionable mind, right? People right. who have numerous messages being delivered to their subconscious mind all day, every day. Why would I add to the negative that they already got to deal with when I can bring something positive to the table mm -hmm. to try to counteract that for them? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, take full, I take full responsibility of what I offer to the world in my music. You know, and I believe we all should be held accountable for that on a spiritual level. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. That's that karma we were talking about earlier, O'Shea, when we were right. having a right. conversation. Right. Right. And it seems that as hip hop or rap gains popularity, all of these ATRs are also gaining popularity. I mean, you have people from all over the world that are uh, joining these ATRs and it's starting to be reflected in the music. We, we starting to hear uh, Beyonce talk about it. Uh, 21 Savage, uh, was uh, interviewed about it, and he talked about uh, voodoo or vodun. Uh, how how has getting your hand to be far or spirituality uh, in in general affected the way that you do music? How has it influenced your music? Man, it made me it made me better. Mm. It made me it gave me so much because uh, you know he finds the wisdom of nature. Right, so it kind of it gave me more colors to paint with because you know, like I said, I figured out how to hide things. Mm -hmm. So I like to tell people all the time that I be like, "Hey, me and Ade can stand in front of you and use English and have a conversation, and you would have no idea what we're talking about." Mm -hmm. Right. So I go back to the previous statement. I know when I'm making music that I'm speaking to your subconscious mind more than I am your conscious mind. So. If I structure this song in a way that grabs your conscious mind, 
I definitely got some subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. And that's why I could be that jewel that that's going to awaken in your mind, your conscious mind later on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So right. five spirituality just gave me a lot more to work with. I think most importantly, Ifa helped me know myself better and be comfortable with who I factually am. Mm-hmm. And then that gave me comfort to fully express that because I used to be in a box with my music. I used to would not speak on or address things that I either did or saw firsthand because I didn't want to get that messaging out. Mm-hmm. This is before I figured out how to put the medicine in the dog food, right? Mm-hmm. And how to properly place my intent behind something to where I can speak on something without glorifying it. I can use these words and paint a picture and show you the true outcome of anyone living this life and walking this path. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? And hopefully that'll draw you to an album where you hear something like, ironically, the intro on my album was a personal thing. Mm-hmm. I got so many messages and phone calls about that song, though, and people loving that song in the way that it made them feel, the vibration that they felt from that song. Right. You get what I'm saying? But nine times out of ten, something else is what led you to that project is how you ended up hearing that. Right. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. You know, I actually right. I actually listened to that to libations. Um and I've listened, I've listened to some more of your music and I plan on listening to more of your music. And the the little that I've heard so far, I've heard you mention E5 and the Orisha in your music. Um, do you think your core audience grasps that? Do you think that they are picking up those Jews as you lay them down about Ifa and Orisha? Yeah, definitely. Because when I when I came out, I was already spiritual. I just wasn't practicing Ifa. You know what I'm saying? I was on some more hoodoo. Like I be telling people, like people my age, like I told you, I was there in high school, so. I meet people my age, they just now, they fascinated about crystals and herbs and all of this. And this is stuff that I was on 10 years ago. When I came out, I was heavy with the crystals and putting that in people. I used to wear a ton of crystals just so they would ask questions. You know what I'm saying? That would open the door for me to have a conversation about it. You know what I'm saying? I wrecked about it in my music. I've always interwoven my spirituality into my music. There ain't nothing Mm -hmm. So let me ask you a question though, and I want to see how deep you go with it. So again, people probably gonna kill me for this. I've said it in, you know, before to other people and they'd be like, I'm crazy. <laughs> I've never been like a fan of like Nas. Like Nas has never been my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. And I always say it's because I don't like his beat selection. Now, when we understand sonically, when we understand the beat, right? The 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 thing that separates rap music, or the thing that actually makes rap music versus just poetry, is the beat, to me. And uh, you might have a different outlook on that. You can you know give me some game on that. But we know the beats hit on certain frequencies. For sure. You know, we come from African spirituality, right? 
the drum is a huge deal. We were forbidden from using the drum, you know, under colonial rule. So I know how you talk about when you when you rap the words connected to your subconscious. Do you look at the beat the same way? Do you think about you know certain drum patterns, certain frequencies, so you can connect? Because I know Adeleke, for instance, is heavy on the the frequencies of you know the music. So where are you with that? Yeah, I'm, I'm heavy on the frequencies. I've, I've it'd be amazing because I'm working with different um, engineers and producers. Nine times out of ten, I'm the first one to ask them to change the frequency of a song. Mm. You know, because every song is mainly put out at 441 hertz. You know what I'm saying? Some don't even be knowing how to do it. They end up learning how to do it from me asking the question. I'll change the frequency of a whole song. You get what I'm saying? Uh, some songs don't need the 808 because of that frequency that that gives. It's a video with Kanye talking about right. it. You know what I'm saying? That that. The 808 is very low vibrational. Mind you, we go back. They don't get the credit for it, but my father's group created the use of the 808 in hip-hop music and it hitting as low as it does. Mm. You can go listen to a song by Nemesis called Munchies for Your Bass. To this day, the Mexicans all across the world, they drive low riders. That's the song that they use to test their stereo. I've performed it at my in my daughter and my father's place at car shows. It's a big car show song because it's the most bass from an 808 that you ever gonna get in your life, right? Mm -hmm. But that frequency is not always conducive to something that you're trying to do musically, especially if you are trying to counteract the negative programming. The 808 really drives that. You know, if you pull away, I think that's why we're seeing the Afro beats have its moment right now because they need it more on the traditional drums and just a regular kick drum. It's not that 808 because what an 808 is synthetic. What drum kick can you hit that sound like an 808? It ain't one. You get what I'm saying? So anytime we do, when I'm intentionally making a whole song that's supposed to uplift people, the last song on my last album, uh, YCBMD, it ain't no 808 on there. It's all kick drum. I changed the frequency to 432 hertz. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That song was intentionally made to en en enhance your mood whenever you hear it, no matter what you're going through in life. Mm -hmm. You turn that song on, you're going to feel better about yourself. Mm -hmm. I love it. Wow. Yeah, that's a beautiful uh, thing. You know, I've never uh, <laughs> learned so much about about music. You know, I've understood about the uh, the frequencies and uh, the beats and the things like that, and uh, attempts to reach the subconscious mind, but never, but never in this fashion. I've never thought about it uh, through the music from at least not from that perspective. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's good to talk to you about the uh, how it is from the creator's mind uh, mind frame. Changing the changing the frequency of a whole song, yeah. You can get it particular as you know certain notes resonate with certain chakras. You can yeah. really, you can really play with somebody like yeah. You know we can and I've been in the studios with that. It's it's very and I've seen 
I done seen an engineer. I done seen an engineer take off the entities that are present in the room when the music was created that the microphone picked up that's unwanted. If mm. you can't process it. All of that is going on. Right. We're using specific notes to target specific chakras. So I kind of made a song to sum all this up because I call the lower three chakras the yellow prism, right? If you trapped in what I call the yellow prism, we know what's really going on in the lower three chakras. Mm -hmm. That's where all today's music is made from, though. They they not really going past that third chakra and getting into that heart music that we got from the 70s. Mm -hmm. Right. You get what I'm saying? Where it's more real instrumentation. That's another thing. The more real instruments you bring into that music, the more uplifting it's going to be. When you're using the synthetic drums, keys, and guitars and all of that, we compress it and we get lower on the chakra system. It's not going to resonate at a high vibration. Mm -hmm. So nothing past the sacral chakra? No. Nobody's making that. Mm. So Very let me ask you that about the 441. Why? Why at that level? What does that tap into? Man, honestly, I forgot, but it's not a. Um, it's supposed to be four thirty-two. Four thirty-two. Four thirty-two is healing. But even yeah. every, if you unaware, every program that you buy to record music, when you go to export the song, that's how y'all end up being able to hear it. It's going to bounce that song at four forty-one unless you change it yourself. Mm. Mm. Just said that's like industry standard. Oh wow! So did you change all of your songs to four thirty two? Uh uh. Because sometimes you might want to go five twenty eight. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's really like a, it's a case by case scenario with what you're trying to hit. That's why, like the most intentional people, like Kanye West, music is so polarizing because he's going in there to the T. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. People who know they they know what chords to play. That as long as you're human, you're gonna be moved by this. You don't have no choice. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, uh, well, I mean, wasn't Lucifer the angel of music or something like that? <laughs> so I was saying myself was talking about that. I'm like, I haven't seen that in the Bible anyway. Right. It's talked about. Yeah, it's talked about know, amongst church people, but I've actually never. You know what I'm saying? Seeing that in the Bible. That's I read like, the Bible from front to back. Me too. Man. But you know, see, and I be telling people, that's like 80% of Christianity is talk that if you sit down by yourself and read the book, you will not find. Right. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I just think that to say that people just creating music are very diabolical in their approach. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, oh, let me ask you Hold on, one, one thing, because I forgot, because you disrespected Nas, so we're going to do that. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You don't listen to Nas for the beats. I don't. Come on, man. That's not that's not why you listen to him. You listen to Nas because he's one of the greatest writers, storytellers of all time, across all genres and forms of writing. You can close your eyes and see what Nas is saying. Yeah, you ain't feeling me at all. I see you. Like, no, no. <laughs> I didn't try. I didn't try. I really didn't try. Like I'm, I'm. A nah, everything ain't for everybody. You, you for real. Me? See, I came in 
my first love musically was like ghetto boys. Say so I came in on the South. Ghetto boys, you know what I'm saying? O'Shea from the South. He ain't, he ain't hip to probably gangsta live there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I came in the game. Oh, you're from north somewhere, right? Yeah, I'm from Ohio. Ohio, yeah. Yeah, I'm from Ohio. You know what I'm saying? But I came in on Ghetto Boys, Gangsta Nip, and then uh, Pop and No Limit. In yeah. college, every two, because I swear to God, Master P dropped a new album every Tuesday. Every Tuesday, I was at that spot. <laughs> I had like four of them 200 CD books full of music. Yeah. Yeah, I was messing with bourbons and like I had that, my whole vision was to get money, to go to a dealership with a duffel bag full of money, buy me some clean, get in the whip, throw in uh, ghetto dope. <laughs> Don't even put my AC on, just roll all the windows down and have that thing wank. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That, that was my whole goal. Like, this is what I'm going to do. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to roll off the lot, you know what I'm saying, playing burgers and lacks. <laughs> like that's what I'm gonna do. As loud as it's gonna go. Yeah. Real ignorant. Right. <laughs> so like that's what I was into. Then then pop. And then and then ho. You know what I'm saying? And now I listen to Drake. Cause I feel like you, you know, Drake is something that you could play in the whip while you with a woman. Like she don't want to hear Nas. It depends on what woman you with. True. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about the I'm gonna go the 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 bell curve, the 68%, the majority. They're gonna be like, what is this? But if you throw in some Drake, like they gonna be with You know, you don't know the Nas scene. I'm gonna play Nas and um Amy Winehouse cherry wine, and she gonna start liking Nas after that. I guarantee it. You gotta know the Nas songs to play. Mm, yeah. You probably would play New York State of Mind or something like that. She don't she don't wanna hear that. See what now, I'm going to tell you what I did like, though. I did like um, It Was Written. That okay. is my, that, that's my album. I do like It Was Written. That's a classic. Yeah. That's okay. a classic. I, do you like rap like that? Who, me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I listen to, I listen to rap. Uh, I started off probably with Bone Thugs and Army, maybe. That's who he was supposed to start with being from Ohio. <laughs> I'm older than him, so that's like oh, way yeah. down the road. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bone Thugs and Harmony, Tupac, uh, the Hot Boys, all everything Cash Money. Uh, you know, he did no limit. I, I, I think I did do like Master P in the beginning, but once, but once Cash Money came out, once the Hot Boys came out, I kind of dropped no limit and stuck with uh, <laughs> and stuck mm -hmm. with the Hot Boys. But now, I mean, when I listen to rap now, I listen to uh. I like the old plies, Jada Kiss. Mm -hmm. uh, I like Ace Hood. I like Nipsey. Uh, I like Nas. I listen mm -hmm. to, uh, yeah, I listen to rap, though. but I listen to all kinds of music, though. I listen to country. I listen to alternative. Yeah. I listen oh. to alternative music. Yeah. Yeah, you got a wide palette. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I listen to everything, man. So I'll, I'll be listening to plies one minute, and then I might be listening to, Three doors down, uh, Maroon oh, Five. Yeah, <laughs> Maroon Five. Yeah, hey, Maroon Five. You got some 
do got some bangers. I ain't even gonna lie. There's a couple of them that I know that they come on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I listen to all kind of music, man. I love, I love music. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. But see, I grew up in a in a managed era. So in seventh grade, I remember mean, I was listening to Candyman. Y'all probably don't even know about Candyman. Man. <laughs> All he talked about was sex and his music. That's the second grade. You think you think you you think you ten years older than everybody, man? <laughs> you always say you think you taller than first. I think I'm taller than everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. You think you you think you you think you a foot taller than everybody in ten years older than everybody. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, man. If I was if I was in seventh grade listening to Candyman, then you was what? And either you listened to it real late, or you was in what the third grade listening to it. Probably something like that. Yeah, I know I wasn't. Uh, I still remember. I still remember my mama not wanting us to listen to music with curse words in it. But 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 my Amy, she uh, we started listening to uh, Bust Down and uh, Child's Play uh, from uh, Bushwick Bill. Mm. Yeah, I was super young then, man. Listening mm. to Child Play and Bust Down. See, you probably don't know nothing about Bust Down. I think, I think, I think Bust Down from New Orleans. No, nah, yeah, that was something. That was local. You, you from Houston, though, right, Ocean? Yeah, I'm from, yeah, I'm from Houston. Yeah, yeah. that didn't cross the Mason Dixon line. <laughs> they, they was on the chilling circuit. I ain't, I ain't really <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, so I got man. a question for you. So. Um, we got concepts that's associated with um, so this this street life thing, right? Is so huge in music nowadays, and to where that's having an influence, and you seeing what's going on with like Ja Morant and everybody talking about snitching, everybody talking about um, checking in. Mm-hmm. Do you see, do you see this trend in music continuing to go that way, or do you think what we are seeing now with Killer Mike and and the music that he's um, that he's making? And I laugh because I saw somebody like uh, uh like Ha Ha or one of them comedians. Somebody I can't remember who it was now. Ha Ha Dave. Somebody Bubba Dub maybe who it was. Who posted? I think he posted about uh, was it Killer Mike album he posted about? Um, and then there was an argument in the <laughs> in the comments about who had the album of the year um, mm-hmm. between Killer Mike and um, man, what's the dude who everybody calls this Nick Gun? No, he posted Gunner's album and said, you know, what I'm saying. Gunner album go crazy, and then some people do it. Killer Mike, and then some dude just like, ain't nobody want to hear that shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> so but like, I ain't got a week, right? I'm reading these comments, man. Like, because you can see, like, where all these gunner people came in, like, yeah, ain't nobody feeling all that shit he talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but. But uh, I mean, it ain't, it, it, well, I, I laugh at everything. Everything ain't funny to me. But it's, it's a part of it that ain't really funny. But I got a sick sense of humor. Do you see like this continuing to go this path where like this 
the way we glorify the streets and the music is something that's going to continue to move forward? Or, or do you really feel like that we're in a space where people on that Killer Mike type of vibe, on the vibe that you own, can kind of turn that around? We headed towards it turning around just because the simple fact that once uh, the culture becomes consumed with one thing, <clears throat> it automatically leads to something new. Mm-hmm. It has to. That's just the way the game goes. You know what I'm right. saying? It's, right now, we are consumed with street culture. Though the streets have been involved in hip-hop since the beginning of time. The problem is, and I, I really like to blame Jay-Z for this, right? Mm. Hove made street dudes feel like they had the right to be the rapper now instead of being the one financing the rapper. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So now the street dude is the rapper, so the street rules is affecting the rap music now when it was used to be more so behind the scenes. And that's how the politics was, checking in and all that, that's been going on. Mm-hmm. But now the street dudes is the ones out front in front of the camera, and that's why everything is so intertwined, because you're not supposed to be the rapper, Right? Right. The rapper is the guy from the neighborhood who saw and watched everything and reported it. Mm. I had a big homie who was in the street that as soon as I tried to put my toe in that water, he the only one who sat me down and told me I was tripping. He said, this is not your job. You're a reporter. Mm. You're supposed to report everything that you see in the streets. That's what you're supposed to do. Mm. You did what I'm saying? But when you got that, that street dude wanting to be the rapper now, now the game is convoluted with all these street politics. And then half the people commenting on it don't know. You know, if if you commit a crime with another person and you get caught and you tell to take time off of your own sentence, you are a snitch. All right. If you wasn't involved in no crime, but you either witnessed a crime or you heard about a crime and you participate in the streets, and you tell the police about it, then you a rat. You know what I'm saying? It's ratting and snitching. If you're not involved in the streets, you can't be no snitch. Right. Right. Point blank period. You a civilian. Right. You you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Right. And then, too, I mean, how I was raised, if you ain't seen nobody paperwork, you can't call them a snitch. Mm -hmm. And that ain't my business either. I can't even speak on that. For one, it ain't my business. For two, I ain't seen no proof. That's just like calling a man a homosexual and you you don't have no proof all the way out of line. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. But I do feel like uh, we headed towards a turn of the knowledge of self and consciousness coming back to the forefront of the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like snitching is E5. It's a part of the natural <laughs> order of things. Now, it, it, it got to be something in the game. It got to be the right? i tell you this, too. Dude told me. My cousin told me this. My big cousin told me this. Anybody making over a quarter million in the streets, right, and you can see it, if you can see it, and they on the street still, they compromised already. Mm. Ain't nothing to talk about. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? It's not you because we know 
from studying history, right? These things, we are not in control of these products getting to America and to our neighborhoods. Mm. Further you go up that line, you're going to run into the same person in Freeway Rick Ross ran into, which means they aware of everybody who playing the game. Once you get to a certain level, you're going to get that phone call. And you're going to go sit at that table. You're either going to play ball or you're going to stand tall. Eh, two out of every ten are probably going to stand tall. Mother eight is back on the streets and they working for the people and you don't even know it. Mm. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So I would advise every young black man to leave that game alone anyway. Go pick up a book. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why yeah, that's played out right there, man. We ain't yeah. got we ain't got we ain't got time to do time no more. No, nah, right. 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 I just sell dope when I'm at the gym listening to uh, <laughs> push the Yeah, that's how I push my weight. Um so you know, we gonna uh start you know landing this plane but i want that you know talk to you a little bit about your recent project you know you just had mm -hmm. that drop um tell the people what's the name uh where can they find it but also give us a little bit about your process in, in making this album and what made this one special um the album is titled big baby thanos um it's a moniker i created for myself from watching the avengers in front of like thanos was uh wrongfully murdered, you know what I'm saying? So you mm. baby Thanos was bringing Thanos back to life. And I look at Thanos like, for me, it represents me restoring order to the hip hop universe. Cause that's all Thanos was trying to do, right? Restore, mm -hmm. order, restore order and balance to that universe. So big baby Thanos is the beginning of my, beginning of my journey to restore order to the hip hop universe. It's very special to me because it was released and created mainly in that, you know, after you get your uh, Ishe Fa, them first like 12, 18 months, it's kind of treacherous. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. When I was hitting like that 18 mark and I started catching my strides when I was creating a lot of this music. You know what I'm saying? It didn't, I didn't even really realize it until it was already out because I was trying to feel like, I was trying to understand why it felt like my first time doing this. Why I felt like a new beginning. Mm. Right. I had to remember that I am a new person. Mm -hmm. That's why I said I did Faini on the first song. Because I had realized I really am a new person. You know what I'm saying? I'm operating on a clean slate. I know my destiny now. Okay. And so now we're on this journey forward. And, uh, and you can find it on, on all platforms, whatever music platform you use. Big baby Thanos, you type that in, it's gonna come up. Yeah, my cut on there is reasonable doubt. You know what I'm saying? I yeah, had to hit you up and tell you that personally. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's one of the ones. We got to do yeah. video soon. That's, that's one of them. Oh, yeah. I would love to. Tell the people where they can, how they can follow you on social media. Um, First thing you can do is go to www.rakimazabar.com. Subscribe there. You can find a link to every single one of my social media sites. If you just want to go to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, it's Rakim Algebar on every single platform. Mm. 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 So, true. yeah, y'all check him out, man. Show some love. I mean, he could really spit. Like, Definitely. His real life. Yeah. Now, this is my favorite part. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is my favorite part of the show. You know what I'm saying? 
this ain't square in the morning, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, you know, this ain't LA Lakers, but, you know, we need that hot, uh, that hot 37 about you before you get out here. So, uh, you know, we need you to. <laughs> we need you to bless the mic one time, Paul. You ain't, ne you ain't never wrong for a verse in your life, huh? <laughs> no, no. I told you, man, I told you, know what? I just, I freestyle, I come off the top. But, you know, <laughs> since you here today, you know, oh, you, you said that hot 37, boy, that's a hot <laughs> couple. <laughs> 37 bars is crazy. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. No, I got this rhyme, though. We go, um, they try to tell me that the sky represented limitation and only history in my began with enslavement. So through the segregation, people became complacent. They walked with Martin, so they're wondering why I'm racing. I'm just trying to keep the culture from moving backwards and teach the young people to analyze the factors. In reality, Obama and them politicians are actors. They plan as the trappers, as rappers. We supposed to be the mouth for the voiceless. I was born anointed, so I wrote this for those who noticed. Only thing fair about life is the weather and the summer sun and that feeling in your soul when the drummer drum right along with your heartbeat from the concrete of rose grew and showed you pressure make diamonds. You can place the world on my shoulders and do timing. I'll emerge from the dirt too fresh for a hearse. Brought the heavens to the earth. Black Jesus spit a verse. What did he disperse? Realest thing you ever heard. Like how our thoughts form reality, the brain is lethal. We all possess immortality created equal. God and our law, one and the same. Different culture, different name, but the story still remains. See, we came from the most high. Made in his image, if you're wondering why I'm so fly. Living like Malcolm right before he bought the bow tie. Meaning that I smoke plenty reefer and I want my money. See, I'm on my Martin Luther King tip. Revolver Taurus judge make a hater spleen split. So if they try to leave me leaning on that hotel rail, the FBI gonna have to label it an epic fail. I'm that real. Man, <laughs> see? yeah, in the background noise is clapping. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. see, that was yeah. and that was conscious rap. See. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I love it, man. I'm I'm into all of that conscious rap, man. I wanna I wanna hear it, man. I wanna hear it. Like Fafore said, he goes to his books for that. I like to. I like for you to formulated in the way that you do yeah. when I get it from the book. I'm getting it from the book from a from you know however they putting it in the book. But for you to make it rhyme, that's how that's how I like. I like it better like that, man. So I'd rather listen to it. Uh acapella. I don't need the beat. Yeah. I don't really care about beats. Yeah. So yeah. you like you write poetry? Nah. You do? I used to. YouTube. I got a poetry book coming out later this year called Unlucky Lover. Yeah, I used to be nasty on the poetry, and then, you know, about eighth grade, they started to climb. I'm like, man, that's whack. So I was like, all right. <laughs> Y'all some haters. You stop. You stop, man. That, that probably my, was your part. If my mama would have been intentional about my birth, and then they would have <laughs> been raised in the suburbs, I'd be, I'd be cold. You know what I'm right. saying? But, you know, uh -huh. That that's not the path that I chose. So this was a beautiful episode, man. This is dope. This was dope. Appreciate man. Y all, man. It's a blessing. I love watching y'all show since it started. It's one of my favorite podcasts. Yeah, man. We appreciate you, man. We appreciate you watching. We appreciate all of the support, man. We here with you on the ground floor. You here with us on the ground floor, man. We gonna we gonna run I'll it up say. from here, man.
Nowhere to go but up from here. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Hey, family, get on, you know, Apple Music, you know, get on wherever you can find it. Man, download the music. Seven y'all means that's my cut, though. Oh, oh that's great. Yeah. You really yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's my cut. You know what I'm saying? That big that baby is, Thanos, big baby Thanos, man. No, this ain't no big baby Thanos. Oh, what nah, you talking about? That, that's on my first song. album called No Pain Theory. Like, yeah, if yeah. I do a show with Dope Before Send Me, I mean, they be mad. Yeah, that's my cut. Yeah, the B hard. It's a little ignorance in it for me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> got all, it got all the spicy. It got all the sizzle to pop that I like in my music. All right. So, uh -huh. music, man. Yeah. So check the brother out, man. Um, For sure. Like I said, the new album is dope. Check him out. Go subscribe. Go to his um all his platforms. Follow him on Instagram. You know, we need somebody from the community. We need a voice in the community to make some noise in a big way. You know, uh, this music thing is huge, man. We don't really understand how huge music is and how big of an influence it is. So mm -hmm. we need somebody who is speaking our language to be part of that. So um, we appreciate y'all for tuning in. Uh, please continue to keep checking us out. Again, hit the like button, share, subscribe. Man, we love y'all. We appreciate y'all for the support. Remember, man, life is for the living. So have the experience. So always live life out loud and on purpose. Until next time, peace. Peace.